Good morning and welcome to Bible Basics. My name is uh, Joyce Davis Morgan and I am going to be speaking with you today in regards to something that's uh, near and dear to my heart and that is salvation. Uh, salvation in Jesus Christ to be more specific. Um, we're going to go ahead and start out by uh, opening up with a word of prayer before we get into the Bible study. Father God, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for your many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Father, thank you for the gift of life through your son, Jesus Christ. Be with us now as we study your word, Lord. Let it land on fertile grounds and hearts, O oh God, that are tuned in uh, to you and your son, Jesus. Lord, help me to give the word uh, directly as you would have me to give it to uh, the people who you have appointed at this time to hear this message. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today, um, I'm going to be talking with you about looking beyond this life. Why do I need to know and accept Jesus Christ? Uh, we live in a time where there are many people who are unchurched. Uh, several generations have uh, not heard about Jesus Christ and salvation and the need to know who Jesus is and to accept him as their Lord and Savior. So I'm going to be talking with you today about um, who Jesus is and why do you need Jesus. And we're going to go ahead and start at the beginning to talk about the foundation, which is the Bible. The Bible is God's word and instruction manual to us. Uh, it gives us a history of our creation and the fall of man, as well as the promise of salvation through Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read, start out by reading a psalm that, that sort of uh, sets it for us. And that's Psalm 119.105. Psalms 119 is like the longest, the longest uh, chapter in the Bible. And it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. So that's speaking directly about God's word. And then we're going to just go on over to the New Testament, which is toward the back of the Bible, 2 Timothy 3.16. And these scriptures are just going to give us like some foundation. So, okay. Second Timothy three sixteen, and this is what it says about the Bible, which is the Word of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And that is about, so that sets the foundation. We're basing everything upon the word of God, the Bible. So let's start at the beginning. You know, how did we get to where we are today where we're, we're saying and we're in need of a Savior, Jesus Christ? 
Well, we go back to the book of Genesis, which is like at, at the very beginning. It's the very first book in the Bible. And it says that God created everything in man in six days. He created Adam and Eve, placed them in a paradise called the Garden of Eden. And then along came a fallen angel, the deceiver, Satan. And he deceived Eve and Adam. They were disobedient. And they failed to follow God's command. They were evicted or removed from the Garden of Eden and lost all the perks and privileges associated with being there, like eternal life and, most importantly, that relationship with God. So sin entered the world. And so at that point, we all became doomed and in need of a Savior. We were separated from God and everlasting life until Jesus Christ was sent by God to be a living sacrifice for our sins. We were without hope until Jesus came. We were all sinners because we are all descendants of Adam and Eve. And since they were sinners, everybody that, that came along after them were naturally sinners as well. It's about like, um, you know, flour. You can't just put a little bit of yeast and isolate it, you know, just a little bit and it's all, it's all over it. It's all contaminated. So we were all contaminated by sin because of Adam and Eve falling. So sin entered the world and we came in need of a, of a savior through Jesus Christ. So I want to just talk about just, uh, three uh, words that we need to sort of like define so that we can put everything in perspective. What is sin? We sin when we don't obey God. So how did Adam and Eve sin? Well, if you go back into the book of, of Genesis, and if you, if you have not read it, picked up a Bible to read it, I would strongly encourage you to pick up Genesis and just read about how we got here. It's so important to know where you, where we began, where we came from. And since we all came from Adam and Eve, it is so important to know who they were, what they did, and how did it affect us. Because we're living it out today. So sin is when we don't obey God. Another word is, um, so if we don't have a Savior, what, what happens to us? Well, I can tell you that. We have two choices, and it's either heaven or hell. Okay, so what is hell? Hell is that eternal home of those who reject Jesus Christ. Okay, so if that's hell, that sounds pretty bad. Well, what's the other option? The other option is heaven, and that is where God the Father lives. And when Jesus died on the cross, he went to heaven back to heaven to be with the Father. And the word tells us that he is sitting at the right hand of God now. He is interceding and praying for us. So we have two choices, heaven and hell. So God created Adam and Eve. They sinned because they listened to the devil. And the devil, he's still here on earth. And you know, you, we can just look around and we can't see him because he's a spirit. But we can see his the effects of his his work, his bad work, you know, in the crime and in the murders and all of those things that affect us in a negative way. 
So when they sin, God already had a plan. Because even in our free will, and even though he put Adam and Eve in this, in this glorious place, because he is God, he knew that they were going to fail. And so he had a plan for salvation, which was Jesus Christ. And so John 3.16 tells us what that plan was and how much God loved us. And I'm going to read John 3.16 because it is one of the, like, the scripture that everybody learns when they come to salvation because it helps us to understand how much God really loves us. And I know, I don't know where you are right now, but, you know, if, if you're not in a place where you can feel that love, let me just assure you right now that God does love you. And his word at John 3, 16, and I am using the, uh, what version is this? This is the New King James Version. And it says, for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his only, only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let me read that again. Because that is, I mean, that is profound to know that we have a God in heaven that loves us so much that he refused to leave us here dying in our sins without an option, without an escape route. And Jesus is that route for us to get back to the Father. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So that should not perish tells me that we have an option. You know, we all have an option not to perish. And so that was the plan that God set in to send Jesus. So who is Jesus? Okay, God sent Jesus, but who is he? And how did he fit into this plan? Well, God, Jesus was, you know, up with the Father. You know, he did not have to come down here to die for your sins and my sins, but he chose to. He was born, the, the scripture tells us that he was born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a sinless life, perfect, unblemished on this earth. He went through all the things, all of the emotions and everything that we go through today. Jesus went through those very same things. You know, the scripture says that, that he even wept or he was moved to compassion when he saw the people who were sick. So he lived a sinless life and he died for all of our sins. He rose from the grave and on the third on the third day, and now he is in heaven interceding and praying for us. And he will come again. And he will save the world. And so that brings us to reading some scriptures about who Jesus is. And uh, it's Romans 6. Chapter 6, verses 6 through 14. And we're talking about dead to sin, alive to God. And the scripture says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, and that the body of sin might be done away with, 
that we should no longer be slaves of sin, but he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. So Jesus died to sin. He died for all of our sins, of those who believe in him. But, continuing on, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as an instrument of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as an instrument of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. When Jesus came and died for our sins, it took us out of that, that old law to where uh, sacrifices had to be made continuously in order for people to be able to, uh, to approach God and, and seek his forgiveness. Because God is, he is so holy. You know, he cannot, you know, put up with sin. And so back in the, the olden days, back in the early, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, they had to sacrifice animals, you know, make blood sacrifices. When Jesus Christ came, and, and, and that's why we're so blessed. When Jesus came, and he was that perfect lamb, that perfect sacrifice. He died for our sins so that we don't have to do all of that sacrifices that was done years and years ago. He was so perfect to that one time just took care of it for eternity. So that going back to John 3.16, whosoever believes. So we believe in him. So we can have that gift too of eternal life and not have to be under bondage of sin. So Jesus is God's son and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And that's what Hebrews 13, 8 tells us. And then John 10, 30 tells us, talking about who is Jesus. Jesus said, I and my father are one. So Jesus is God. There is a holy trinity. You know, God the Father, God the Son in Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we have the Holy Spirit indwelling inside of us. And Jesus, before he left, he said that he was going to the Father and that the Father would send back the Comforter to us. And that Comforter is the Holy Spirit. So, I don't know who this message is for today. But if you're at a point where you're just thinking, what is this life? And you don't know where it's going. I would just like to encourage you to reach out to Jesus. 
Because John 3.16 tells us that if we want it, we can have it. We can have that gift of everlasting life, that gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And so you may ask the question, well, can I be saved? You know, I've done some horrible things and, you know, would Jesus accept me? Will God accept me? And I would just like to tell you about 1 John 4.10, 4, which says, God sent his son to be our savior. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. What that tells me is that God loved me even before I was born. And because God knows everything, he knew the path that I was going to take. But he still gave me free will to make that journey. But God is constantly pursuing you and he's constantly pursuing me to offer this gift. So I would say to you, yes, you can be saved. Because the word says, whosoever... And I don't know if you're breathing in, I would count you as a whosoever, you know, just like everybody else. And you can be saved. And the word also says that Jesus, that the living Savior invites sinners to receive him by saying, Come to me, all who are laid, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And that's in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. So yes, you can be saved to answer that question. And we know you need to be saved. The answer to that question, do I need to be saved? Yes. Remember I told you that Adam and Eve, they sinned. So when they sinned, they messed it up for everybody. But Jesus came and he corrected it so that you can jump on the bandwagon and follow Jesus and you can still have salvation. You can have eternal life. You can have joy. You can have peace in your life. And so, we've answered the who Jesus is, how we got to where we are, can you be saved, do you need to be saved, and how you can be saved. And it's, there's no hocus pocus or any complicated way of doing it. You acknowledge your sin to God and ask Him for His forgiveness. You confess, then you ask Jesus to come into your heart, to come into your life, and to change you. You tell Jesus that you accept his gift of salvation and ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit and make you a new creature. And he will. That is the simple message of salvation. I would also like to encourage you that if you do not have uh, a church, a local church, that you would pray to God and ask Him by, the, by His Holy Spirit to guide you to a local church so that you can be in fellowship with other believers and that you can get a deeper understanding 
and study of his word, the Bible. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this message. Lord, I pray for everyone who hears these words, oh God, that they would accept the gift that has been extended, the gift of life, the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ, Lord. And I pray, oh Father, that when they respond, yes, oh God, that you would lead them to a congregation, to a house of worship, to a Bible teaching church, oh God, to learn more about your son, Jesus. Thank you for this time, Lord, and thank you for Jesus. Amen.